into that. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this house, this house called Jubilee. Thank you, Lord, for the great generosity that we had last Wednesday. Not only the giving of the physical, Lord, but also the giving of the gifts that we each person carries. I thank you for the great testimonies of what you're doing and what you did on that Wednesday night. And we saw we saw the the body of Jubilee stand up together as one and minister and give away give away the gifts and the talents give away physical things but also give away the Holy Spirit that they carry like Peter at the, at the gate when he came in and he said silver and gold I have none but what I have I'll give you and he stand up and walk there was so much what I have over the last week in this house so Father we thank you I want to praise you for that and I want to say we're in such desperate need of more of you we need more of you, Holy Spirit, to touch our life today. Today, Jesus, I want to hear your voice, and I want to, I want to, heart, I want to, I want to turn my heart and soften my heart. I want to hear you. I want to know you, and I know that's the cry of this house, Jesus. So we again, we get, we give ourselves permission to be quiet and to listen to your voice, so that we might turn and come to you and have our lives changed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, I'm calling the title of this today, God Fulfills His Word. Amen. Thank you, Juanin. <laughs> you know, we all know the story. We're at, right now, we're a week away from Christmas, and we've all read the story, we've all heard the story. And Luke 1 is the story of Mary. You know, and Mary, Mary's a betrothed virgin who's, uh, who has an encounter with the, the angel Gabriel, okay? And this angel comes and says to her, highly favored one, blessed among women, okay? And Mary's a little confused, still a little afraid because an angel is standing before her. And the angel then says, don't be afraid. I've come to bring, bring to you good news. And then he explains that you're going to conceive and bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus. And she says, well, wait a minute. How can that be? Because I'm, I'm a virgin. I'm betrothed, but I've, I've not known a man. And the angel says to her, says that the Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you Okay, he's going to overshadow you, right? And he, basically, he's going he's gonna to leave inside of you the seed of the Word of God, right? That's what John says, right? In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, is that he's going to leave the seed of the Word of God inside of you, and it's going to change you, okay? And then he says that your, your relative which I think is, is hilarious because it says, your relative Elizabeth, who was barren, is now six months into her pregnancy. And I love that the angel Gabriel knows everything. He just doesn't know what relationship Mary is to Elizabeth. It's just your relative. I don't know if it's your aunt, your sister, just, so I just find that, I was like, that's kind of funny that God doesn't, God doesn't get too concerned about the titles that we place on things. But, and then he says these great words. For with God, nothing is impossible. Okay? And so then Mary hears it and says, be it done unto me according to your words. Right? And right then, I believe right then, when Mary came into agreement with what God was doing, right, or was going to do, I believe right then the Holy Spirit overshadowed and the Word of God was placed inside of her. Okay? Because of her agreement to what was being done. It's kind of a, a different story when you come to Zacharias, right? Zacharias was a priest. He had he had to, he had work that had to be done in the house of the Lord, and he was he was his number his his time to come came up, and so he was 
in his, as I would put it, he was in his time of prayer. He was before God doing the, the work that was before him. And then the big angel shows up, stands before him, right? And of course, his first thing is he's afraid, right? He's afraid of the situation. And the angel says what's going to happen. And he, he, does, he doesn't come into agreement with what the angel says. He comes into unbelief. Basically, he says, how can, how, I'm old and my wife's barren, right? And the angel says, basically, okay, if you can't come into agreement, I need, we need to shut your mouth for a little while until you can, right? Because there's power, church, in what we say, right? So he had to quiet down Zacharias's ability to speak the unbelief until he could come into agreement for what was going to happen, right? Good. Thank you. Glad something were out there. <laughs> but I want to talk about I want to talk about someone else who doesn't get the big banner around the Christmas story. I want to talk about Joseph. Okay. Matthew chapter one, starting in verse eighteen, it says, "Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed." After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Okay, so let me just, let me just stop there and we'll go on, but we'll... So Joseph is a just man. He's a righteous man, okay? But Joseph is caught off guard. Joseph's life was probably pretty good. He's a carpenter. He's getting stuff done. He's, he's, he's kind of moving up. He gets a wife. He betroths a wife, right? A virgin, and he's probably got, he's probably for the last year getting everything ready for his wedding day, right? He's doing everything he needs to. He's getting the business ready, he's getting his house ready, he's got the ceremony, everything's going into place. And then one day, his beloved betrothed wife comes to him and says, Hey, had an experience today. Right? This is what happened. Here I was in, in prayer, and next thing you know, there's an angel stood before me, and he, she probably explains the whole circumstance to Joseph. Right? And Joseph, probably from the point of either the angel standing before her or the part when she says that the Holy Spirit came over her and that she was pregnant with a son that wasn't Joseph's, that was going to be called Jesus. Somewhere in that story, Joseph was blindsided by circumstances, right? Because everything Joseph was moving towards was, was his life with Mary moving forward. It probably did not, even though he was a just righteous man, it probably did not include an encounter with an angel, right? He wasn't, he probably wasn't looking for that down at the shop, right? While he was cutting wood, right? He wasn't thinking this was going to happen. So Joseph gets blindsided. It says that he was mindful or minded and thought about putting her uh, away secretly, right? That mindful was, he was running through his head. He was trying to figure out on his own what he could do to get out of this. And because he was a just man, he wanted to not bring shame, right? That's that word secretly. He wanted to do it secretly. He wanted, he didn't want shame. I, I think, I mean, a lot of people say he didn't want to shame Mary. I think he didn't want to shame Joseph too, right? I mean, he, again, he's a, he's a, he's a person in the community. People are going to know him. 
and this isn't going to look good on him either. Right? So it goes on to say, uh, but while he thought about these things, right, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that word thought, that word thoughts is, is a really interesting word. It means to be inspired or ponder, right, or to think. But if you take the root word of that, that root word means that there was, it was in, not in rest, Okay, so it's to ponder, not in rest, to think, consider, but not in rest. But it, 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 is, it is pointing towards passion, heavy breathing, anger, wrath, and, and it's rapid. It's active, okay? So Joseph is wanting, is a just man, and he's wanting to deal with this circumstance that has just blindsided him. Right? He wants to deal with it without bringing shame. He doesn't want everybody to know the circumstance. He doesn't want everybody to, to, to either consider Mary's situation or his situation. But in the midst of it, Joseph now is, is, getting, is running through the thoughts. And they're, and they're not just, oh, what could I do? What could I do with this? No, he's messed up. His soul is totally sideways, okay? He's, in, he's, he's, he's breathing hard. He's, he's, he's in the midst of, he's, he's passionate about it. So in other words, he's not just thinking, oh, I need to get rid of Mary and I'll get another wife, right? He's, his emotions are all inside of this thing and he's angry and he's, he's just, he, and, he's, and he's making rat, he's making quick thoughts. Did you ever get there? Okay, I, I do, right? And so I, I, I understand Joseph. He is, just, he is just a mess. And then the angel shows up in a dream. So he doesn't get the, the physical angel like Mary or like Zacharias. He gets an angel in a dream, right? And this angel's first thing the angel says is, you know Joseph's a mess because the first thing he says to him is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Okay, it's okay to take Mary. It's okay. And then he explains the, the, the thing. Joseph is, is just in this, this mess. And the angel's first thing is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So, I mean, let's read on. Uh, and she will bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, okay, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took him or took to him his wife. And he did not know her and he wasn't with her until after Jesus was born. And he called, and he, it says, he called his name Jesus. See, the naming was for the father. It wasn't for the mother. So it was the father. Now, interesting, it says that he arose from sleep. Now, I've often thought of that of Joseph being in a dream. I mean, it was a dream where he saw the angel and that Joseph was asleep, okay? But that word doesn't mean sleep like what you do from 10 o'clock at night till 6 in the morning. That word means spiritual tuper. T-O-R-P-O-R. -O -R. And because I'm not an English scholar, 
I don't know what that word meant. So I go to the dictionary and it says, it means a state like hibernation and in, in, in being held where your body, your physical body, and your, your soul is in a place of hibernation, okay? So I'm like, well, and it, said that, it says that it was spiritual hibernation. So Joseph arose from the sleep. Joseph arose from his spiritual hibernation, right? So Joseph was a just man, but for me, when I read that, I think Joseph wasn't active in his belief, right? He was in a, he was in a state of just letting things happen, right? Hibernation. Outside of, outside, I'm just, I'm just resting in all of this, okay? So Joseph arises from that, that place from what the angel says. And then he goes ahead and does everything that the Lord had commanded him. Okay? And I love what it says. It says this, it said um, in verse 22, and all this was done that it might be fulfilled which the Lord had spoken through the prophets. See, God needed Joseph. And so God came to Joseph where Joseph was at in his slumber, his spiritual inactivity, right? God came to him and had to get Joseph into a place of agreement with the future, with what was going to happen, okay? So he came right to where Joseph was, and he intersected him with, with in this case, it was a dream. And again, I don't fully know. The word says it's a dream, but I don't, I don't fully get how it's a dream if the angel says to him, and he's having an interactive conversation in this dream with an angel, I, I don't dream that way. So I want to, but I don't. So I don't fully understand it. But he comes out of it now no longer in a slumber, no longer in spiritual hibernation, but he comes out of it active because he's immediately, he's changed what he's doing. He's now, he's now on board. He's in agreement with what's going to happen. And just as a reference, let me see if I wrote those other, other parts down. You know, um, if you jump up to Matthew 2, verse 13, right? It says, Now when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So now Joseph's in a second dream, right? He has a second dream. And this is, this is after the baby's been born, after the wise men show up. So it's probably three probably four years since the last time, but Joseph, God's now using dreams to speak to Joseph. He's, he's changed his whole way of doing things with Joseph. He's now in a dream, and he basically says, arise, take the child and his mother, and go to Egypt. And why? Because Herod's the madman is, is sending trouble to Bethlehem, and he's going to kill everything. Every child that's three and under, he's going to kill. So he basically tells him, get out of Dodge. Take the money. Again, you just think of the provision that God had. Moments before, the wise men were in his house, right? They're staying in a house. I don't want to pop anybody's bubble. Jesus, and the wise, Jesus didn't meet the wise men in the manger. He was probably three years old. The Bible says he was in a house. Right? The, the, the wise men show up and they bring him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Right? They bring gifts. The next moment, God speaks to Joseph and says, in a dream, take the child and his mother. So he's already given him provision right? so that he can, go, he, he can take the journey to, to, to Egypt. Right? And further down on verse 14, it says, and all this might happen to fulfill which was spoken by the by the Lord through the prophets saying, out of Egypt I will call my son. See, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in your life that's put in place by just that phrase, right? That it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the Lord. Okay? There's a lot of 
stuff that's been spoken by the Lord over you, to you, and through you that is taking place that is probably causing some of the things that your life, that my life is in the midst of is because it must be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord. Okay? Okay, thank you, Juanine. Juanine's, Juanine's tracking with me. Thank you. Okay. Again, it happens again. That, that then later on in, 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 in verse 22, it says that when he had heard that the, the Archelaus uh, was re- reigning over Judah instead of uh, his father Herod, he was afraid to go back there. But being warned in a dream, he turned aside to go to the region of Galilee, and it came to dwell in Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, saying, See, I think in your life there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fulfilled that's because of words you've been given, for being words that you're carrying need to be fulfilled in your life. And a lot of things are 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 God speaking are because of that, just that overarching presence of the Holy Spirit in his word. Okay? So, Joseph. Joseph gets all the dreams. He's, he's hearing what God's saying and he's making choices. But he didn't, he, his, his start was, was much more you know, much more like, at least like me. I can relate to Joseph on that. And I'll give a a kind of a practical example real quick. This last week, I was, uh, we had the Wednesday night Holy Spirit celebration and the Holy Spirit was, was, was in effect and touching lives all over the sanctuary. Went away, went home that night and uh, was just full of what Holy Spirit was doing. Just testif- just seeing, for me, I agree with what Allie was saying, but for me, I saw so much of, of the body of Jubilee, right, ministering. Yes. It was the body that was ministering to the body. And it was, you know, again, as a pastor, you know, seeing that, that just... I, I went home on that night just so full of joy and full of the Holy Spirit because of, of what God was doing in our midst. To see all of you, whether you were, whether you were leading in a station or whether you were just here receiving and giving, there was such a... Such a, a, a um, there was a movement within the, within what Holy Spirit was doing, and it was all across. I had a great vantage point because I could watch from where I was at by watching Pastor Steve and the, uh, and Cami and their grandson Noah move around and 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 get the, the the images of what was happening to the to the live stream audience. So. I get up on Thursday morning and I got a plumber who's coming to my house Thursday morning, somewhere between 8 and 10. Thankfully, it was 8 and 10. It wasn't one of those windows, you know. He's coming between 8 and, you know, 9.30 at night. Thankfully, this company is really gracious. They cut the window down to something smaller. But so I got up. I took my grandson to to school, came back and was waiting for the, the plumber to show up. And we'd had this, we have this, and I'm, I just, I don't know how to share all this, but our, our tankless water heater that we've had for five years is, is, is not, was not putting out pressure and wasn't putting out hot water. So a tankless water heater that doesn't put out hot water is a, you know, a big device on the wall that, 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 that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. 
So I have this plumber coming, and he's going to come and look at it. And I've already done everything I can do through YouTube. I've watched every YouTube. I've tried everything I could. Because I'm, I'm not going to pay someone to do something that I could do if I can do it. Right? I'm just a cheapskate that way. So I'm waiting for the plumber to come. And he comes, and he starts looking at it. And you, you, all, you all know that once the, the guy gets there, you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna hear... You have, to, you have to relive the whole story by telling him the whole story, right? How, how, how old is it? When did you buy it? Who, who installed it, right? So just, you know how it goes. So you've got to tell the whole story over and over again. And I don't have all the story details. I'm like, how old is it? Uh, it's, it's old. <laughs> Found out later, went and looked at my records, only five years old, which isn't that old. But I'm like... At the time, I'm like, ah, ah, let's look on the side and see if it'll tell us what, how old it is. You know, it didn't. And then he's like, okay, and so I got to tell him, I have soft water, and here's the soft water unit. We walk over and look at that, and he goes, oh, that's not, you don't want that kind. <laughs> well, I, that's what I got. So whether I, whether, whether I want it or not, that's what I got, you know. You should, this is what you should have. And he starts explaining it. And next thing you know, the brochures are coming out. And, you know, and at that point, all I'm seeing is dollar signs. You know, but I'm trying, I'm trying to stay, you know, at peace in the midst of this process. Because I, all, I really want, all I really want is hot water. Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't. So he goes on. Now he's looking at the unit. And oh, and I... He goes, when was the last time you descaled it? Oh, I descaled it two months ago. Oh, oh that's not good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it's all I got, <laughs> you know. So just explaining the story, and he's telling, and I'm listening to him. Really nice guy. Probably the best plumber that I've ever met who actually, I mean, when they were at my house, probably the best plumber because he he did, he. Nothing was absolute, which usually you get, you know, how, when you get a sales, when you get a plumber there who becomes a salesman, everything's absolute, right? Oh, this is bad. Is it? Right? You know, so, but he wasn't. He was very gracious and kind and was in that. But he kept going through the stuff, and so he starts doing his process to service the unit, and I'm staying there. I want to watch him because I'm going to learn something today. That's my thought. I told Vin, I'm going to watch him because I'm going to learn something. Right? And I learned I did my descaling wrong. <laughs> I was like, okay, but now I know how to do it right. So I'm walking through this process with this guy you know, a couple hours in. So finally, by the time he's done, we're checking the water. and We got more hot water and we got a little more pressure. But he's basically saying, this unit's doomed. It's over. You know, it, and I'm like, what do you, what do you, well, I'm like, well, what, do you, what do you mean by, by, by it's over, it's done? Like, like tomorrow? <laughs> or like 10 years from now? You know, because I, 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 you know, in my mind, I'll be honest with you, in my mind, I'm going, it's not doomed. It can't be doomed. It doesn't matter what you say, because I tithe. <laughs> right? God can, make, God can make my shoes never wear out. He can make my water heater produce water and... And, and not. But I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, when he tells me doomed, I'm thinking, ah, I can't be doomed. Because God's got this. But that's all I, that's all I had at that moment was, well, I tithe. I'm, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to hold you to something, and that's my tithe at this point, okay? So he goes on to tell me and all that, and he gets out the brochures, and then I, I'm like, well, what's, what are we, I'm going to say the words that no, no man standing next to the plumber in his side yard wants to hear. What is this going to cost? Right? And basically, he goes through the dollars, and there was lots of dollars. The decimal point was way further over than I wanted it. You know, I wanted, the, I wanted you can fix it for $1,000. You know, it was 10 times that by the time we were done. And I was just in... So, needless to say, he drives away and have a good day and Merry Christmas and I'm standing on my side yard with a, with a bunch of paper looking at it and just wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And at that point, I, I really started feeling much more like Joseph at that moment. 
right? All the the wouldas and the couldas and the shouldas. You know, I should have done it right. I could have done it right. I, you know, why didn't the last company tell me how to do it right? Well, why did they sell me this unit? Why did I ever do it? I should have stayed with the tank machine. I should have done Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Shame's all now starting to, you know, I, you, you know if, if you, if you would have done it this way. And so I'm, I'm now much more closer to Joseph. I'm spiraling. I'm blaming the old company for not telling me that this would happen. I'm blaming the soft water company for not telling me this was gonna happen. And I'm just spiraling. By the time I go upstairs to tell Veda, you know, she's on, thankfully she's on it at work. She's working remote and I go up to tell her and she's just like, she's like, she's like, you need to go to church and pray. Thank God. Thank God for a wife that will just take you out of your moment and say, Go pray. Go pray. So, needless to say, I go down to my truck and I'm getting ready to go. And you know, and I'm at that point I'm more like Joseph. How can I get out? I gotta get out of this. I gotta get out of this. I'm gonna take that thing down and I'm just gonna put an old uh, a regular heater in. It's gonna be cheaper. And and I'm I'm right now in that like Joseph thoughts. My thoughts are consuming me on how I can fix it and how I can get out of this thing. You know, I knew it wasn't going to come secretly. I wasn't going to, I was going to, I wasn't going to avoid this not costing me. But I was, my soul was a mess, you know. So I'm driving to the church because I had to, Allie and I were going to clean up all the, the, ta- the chairs and the tables and the, the aftermath, which by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this place when you left, it had every, it looked like a, you guys had a party here. It had everything except beer bottles. I mean, there was cake, there was, I mean, there was just everywhere. Which, you know, thank you to everybody who helped clean up. But I just thought you should know that. that you, it was, I could tell it was a good time by how, how bad this place looked afterwards. Could tell Holy Spirit had moved because there wasn't one chair in its place. Which, I'll just fill in this. Back when I used to do janitorial, I did the janitorial, I cleaned this, this, this house before, they, 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 before I became a pastor. I used to clean the church. And that's how I could tell if I wasn't in the meeting, I could tell how good the meeting was by how bad everything looked. You know, if you came in one morning to clean and chairs were on their side and none of them were close and stuff was everywhere and the prayer cloths were, were strewn every place, you knew it was a good prayer meeting. Right? That, that was Wednesday. We came in and there wasn't one chair that was where it was supposed to be. And, I, and that's, that's cool. I, you know what? Maybe I long for it because I don't have to clean up after it, but, but I long for more of that. So I'm driving to the church, back to my story. I'm driving to the church, and so Invader's already told me, you need to go pray. So I get in the car, start up the truck, I'm driving down the street, and I say, God, what are we going to do about this? And the first words I distinctly hear him say is, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, I'm not afraid. <laughs> what I have, what I have is a hot water issue. Right? I'm not afraid. And he said, so I, he goes, he asked me again. He goes, what are you afraid of? Immediately I heard the scripture in uh, Psalm 50, 56, verse 3. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. So I said, if you're asking me what I'm afraid of, where am I not trusting you right now? Right? So I'm just driving along, and I'm like, God, am I not trusting you with this water heater? And I hear the scripture that says in Hebrews chapter 3, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. And I said, God, I'm not trusting you, am I? I'm relying on me. What am I going to do? How am I going to fix it? How am I going to get out of this 
you know, as it were, not hot water. But <laughs> how am I going to get out of this place? Right? And I'm like, I'm not trusting you. I'm not trusting you. See, God doesn't really care about my hot water heater at that moment. He doesn't really care. What he cares about is me, my heart. And he wants to make sure that in the midst of this moment, right, that I don't fall into unbelief in the character of who he is because of a circumstance, a trial, right? The hot water is an non-issue, right? God can touch the hot water heater and fix it. God can, can send finances. But he's not going to do that if it's going to leave me in a place of unbelief. If it's going to leave me in a place of rebellion against his word and against who he is. So he says, today, if you, Brian, if you hear my word, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart to me today. So I'm driving down the road. And of course, by this point now, I've got tears coming down my eyes and I'm trying to drive and not spill my Starbucks on the way. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, okay, God. So, so I'm like, and I hear that, that, that place in, in the scripture in Hebrews, it's right after the verse seven and eight, which is do not harden your heart. It's that, it's that a, 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 the, the evil, it's an evil heart of unbelief. Right? It's verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living, uh, from the living God. So I'm like, Jesus, I don't, I don't want to depart from you in this. I, I want to run to you in it. But yet I'm, I'm, I'm much more like Joseph in that place that I've got all this stuff that's coming with me, all the wooders, the couldas, and the, and the shame, the loss, the... You know, and so I'm like, God, I, I don't want to depart from you. I want to come to you. But, but I'm, right now my soul is just marinating in, in, the, in the loss and in the, and in the place that, that how I feel at that moment. And I know that's only me. You, none of you guys ever get stuck in that. It's just me. I know that. And that's, that's why I'm up here and you're down there. Because <laughs> it doesn't happen to you. It only happens to me, right? So I'm feeling it. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just like, God, I, I'm in unbelief. I'm not believing you. I'm letting this thing, this moment, this thing, this water heater is nothing in, this, in the equation of today. It's all about my unbelief. It's all about my unbelief. When that, when that plumber told me that it was going to be $10,000 to fix my water heater and replace it with all this great stuff, I immediately started resourcing Brian, which is why it went into wouldas and couldas and shouldas and shame and loss and failure and you're not good enough and you're, you're not this, you, you, me, me, I, I, boom, right? And I went down the spiral, just like Joseph. Mary comes to Joseph, tells him the whole thing. Joseph's blindsided by the story. All he can see is me, me, my, my, I, I got to take care of this thing secretly. I cannot let anybody know that, that I'm married to a crazy person who thinks they're having a baby without a man. Right? Just be real. That's, I mean, but again, he was caught in his soul at the moment. Right? He was blindsided by it and he fell right into the trap that I fall into. Okay? So then Jesus, I, I, I get to the church and I'm, I'm like, and it, right as I'm coming in the door, I put my, my bags and stuff down and I just, I hear the word out of Hebrews uh, 4. And it's uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even the division of my soul and my spirit and my joints and my marrow. And it's a discerner of my thoughts and the intent 
of my heart, the intents of my heart. So I'm coming in and I'm putting my bag down and I'm like, okay, Jesus, what you really want today is you want me to see the difference between my soul and my spirit and you want me to identify with you my thoughts and the intents of my heart. See, his word is so living that it can capture you at any moment. If you're but in the midst of it, turn to him. See, when, when, when the numbers came up, I didn't turn to him. I went, ah, and resourced me. And of course, when the midst of resourcing you, you're right back in the garden. First thing you see is that you're naked. You do not have enough. You do not, you don't have enough power. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough whatever it's going to take to complete the equation. Right? Anybody else? Because that's what happens to me. I find myself and my soul starts to spiral. And when I'm in that spiral, if I, if, 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 if I do not hear his voice, then I, I can stay there for hours. Been there for days. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I've been there for days. I've, I have, let, I have let, a, let circumstances so shipwreck me that I can't see anything else except them. You know, for probably two and a half years now, every single time I come to God intentionally, intentionally in my morning prayer, in the prayer watches, in a, in a, in a, in a meeting, the first place God starts me is 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. And he, and he totally does it for me. I don't have to pray it out every time, but he always grabs me and says, wait a minute, how are you going to process through this prayer meeting? And 1 Corinthians 17 and 18 says, this light affliction is but for a moment, but it's producing in you, it's producing in you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, Brian, you don't look at the things that are seen, but you look at the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen, they're temporary. But the things that are not seen, they're eternal. So it doesn't matter what happens. When I come down to a moment, when I get quiet before God, he's like, where are you going to look? Are you going to look at the natural and see your lack and your loss and your shame and your blame and what you, what you can't accomplish? Are you going to try to resource Brian in the midst of this moment? Or are you going to stop and you're going to look up and say, I need you. I need to, as, as, as it were, I need to set my mind on you where you are in heavenly places. Right? But, but I'll be honest, that doesn't happen all the time. I got to get quiet. I got to slow down. I got to listen. Because if I don't, my natural default, as it were, like, you know, when you're updating the software on your iPad or your, or your computer or something, it says, would you like the default settings or would you like to customize them yourself? My default, my default is resource me. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take the default. Let's try the default and see if that works today. <laughs> and then halfway down the, the spiral, I'm like, no, this isn't working. I need out of this. Today, Jesus, I need to hear your voice so that I do not harden my heart to you. I do not find myself trying to deal with this issue in unbelief. Because the unbelief won't, won't, account, won't amount to anything. Right? Right? Thank you. I thought I put a question after that one. Right? Matthew 4 says, 4.4 4 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when I, when I, when I, when I think of that scripture now, I go, Man does not live by bread, his own resources, his own understanding, right? His own thoughts, but he must believe, must proceed, uh, he must get what proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? 
today, if you hear his voice. It's today. Sometimes today is, every, is, is a lot of times a day. Right? Sometimes you'll go from the water heater to the whatever the next thing is, the broken dishwasher or the flat tire. You need to, you, you know, the, things, things happen and you gotta, but you have to keep coming back to him in the midst of it. Right? You have to keep coming back because, because the ability to try to resource yourself only lands you into unbelief. Oh, I shouldn't say that. It only lands me in unbelief. If you can resource you and come out with a better, a better example than resourcing Jesus, more power to you. But what I'm finding is when I resource me, I get exactly what I have. Nothing. Okay? I get nothing, nothing that's gained out of it. We'll close with this one scripture and then we'll let you go. We'll pray. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall purpose in the thing in which I sent it. You know, when I was a young believer, I always thought that was what I say is going to, those words that I speak of God are going to go out and they're going to take care of and do all the things that I want, Right? I, I don't read it that way now. When I read it now, I think the words that I hear from God, the, that which he spoke, the bread from heaven that he gives me that I hear and I agree with, like Joseph, I can come into a place of agreement with it even though I can't yet see it, even though I don't fully understand it, that those words, they go forth out of his mouth, right? And they don't return to him void, but they accomplish in me that which he sent them to do. They accomplish within me, not off doing something else. The word of God is, is so living and so powerful, but it's so personal, personal, that it's, its job is to affect me today. It's to affect you. When you hear his voice, you're to turn. Right? Not turn to the resource of yourself, not turn to that, but you're to turn to him and hear him. Right? And then believe what he's got to say. Because it's, see, it's in that place, it's in that, we all know it, that when we turn and we believe, because we hear him and we believe what he's saying, that's faith. It's not faith to believe that God's going to do something for you. With, it's because he's active today, right now. He's not, he's not future Jesus doing something in your life. He's today, present, active, by his word, right now, today, in the thing that you're in. So see, today, Sunday, Monday, tomorrow, Tuesday, all this week, Christmas, you're with family. You got to go to that you got to go to that corporate, uh, you know, Christmas party. All those people, all those workers you don't like to be around because they're sinners. Or whatever it is, right? Today, you have to hear his voice. Because if, if not, you'll resource you in the midst of it. And I don't know about you, I get tired of resourcing me because I see the same results. I see the same result. But yet when I turn to him, when I turn to him, see, when, by the time I came through those doors over here and came in to redo the sanctuary, I was totally at peace with my water heater. I was in total peace with God. Why? Because I had let him come in and touch me, my heart, my evil heart of unbelief, let him turn my evil heart of unbelief into a place where I could turn to him and say, okay, th th what, what really matters today is that you're talking to me and you're wanting to have a conversation with me about, about me. See, who I am, who you are, is the most important person that God wants to talk to today. He wants to talk to you about you. Let me tell you something. 
He doesn't want to talk to you about your neighbor. He doesn't want to talk to you about the government. You know who he wants to talk to you about? You. You know why? Because that's who he's always talking to me about. Not you. Talking about me. (laughs) He talks to me about me. Why? Because that's the only place I can have that agreement for. If I can't come into agreement with God and his word about me, how can I come into real agreement about what he's doing for you? Right? If my heart's evil, and all that means is when your heart's evil, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's not pliable to his word. It's not when he, when he goes, when that still small voice comes, when he's quiet, when he just nudges a little, right? If your heart's hard, what do you do? You just keep going on your way. But when it's not, when, you, when, when he can touch you, when he can speak, when he can go, when he can say something to you like, what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid. I just want a water heater fixed. Right? But the water heater was never the issue. Mary being pregnant with the, whole, by the, with the word of God by the Holy Spirit was not the issue that Joseph was dealing with. Joseph had to hear his, Joseph had to hear the voice of God in the dream so that God could deal with Joseph. And how was he going to respond? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it is so living and powerful, so active, so sharp, so discerning, so piercing, that it affects me every single time. I can quiet my soul down in the midst of it, and I can hear your voice. And Father, right now, I thank you, and I ask for everybody here, everybody watching online, everyone who watched later on demand, Father, that you would touch them today you would meet them right in the midst of their moment, right in the midst of their, of their day, right in the midst of the trial, the circumstance, the situation. Even this week as we enter into Christmas and we have family, or we don't have family, or we have things that we have to accomplish, or things that we don't want to accomplish, Father, that you would come to us and speak to us, that you would touch our hearts, and that in the midst of it we would then turn we would hear you. You would speak to us and our lives would be changed. That you would divide as it were in us, us from our soul and our spirit and that we would know the thoughts, our thoughts and our intentions as it were with you and your word of God. And I thank you for that today, Jesus. And I bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.